Welcome to Northgate's podcast. We pray that you're going to be blessed by hearing God's word. May you be filled with hope as you believe and trust in Jesus. So Jesus, we pray that you would bless your word today. May we grow and understand more of you. Thank you for the gift of your word. It never comes back void, Jesus. As we listen, it will bear fruit. Help us not only to listen, I think a revelation, but we'll be blessed to read it and to do all that it says. So this morning, Jesus, Would you take away distractions, thoughts of last week or the week ahead? And for these moments, Jesus, may your Holy Spirit speak to us. Yeah, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. We take it out today, Lord. Cut deep within us through bone and marrow to our spirit. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. If you have a Bible, Proverbs chapter 1, we're going to skip around a little bit, but we're starting a new summer series, and basically maybe we'll entitle it Practical Application from the Wisdom Books in the Bible. Now, a lot of times we'll just be in Proverbs, so we can call it Practical Proverbs, But we really hope that this will be very beneficial for all of us. We'll try and touch on some issues that are real on an everyday basis. From what we think of ourselves to our marriage to raising children to relationships. All of these things, money, these are real life things, right? And so that's our intention this summer to look at some of these books and get some serious practical application. Just to remind you, if you didn't know, the practical books we're going to be talking about are, of course, Proverbs, or we'll settle a bit today, Ecclesiastes, the book of Job, and we will slip in the Song of Solomon as well. You will not want to miss that one. Does Just come on, a little more response than that. Maybe you've never read the book. Um, Yeah, okay. So, each of these books, though, brings something a little bit different. And there's actually, in, in some sense, if you actually, you know, I don't think we can be so ignorant to say, okay, I read the Proverbs and I did this. A lot of times, it doesn't work out how it says. I don't know if you've ever wrestled with that. I think a lot of times it does. And these are definitely general statements and so much truth. But there's times in our lives where we could say, well, listen, why are the wicked prospering? It said they wouldn't, right? And that's why in some of the Proverbs, which are absolutely true, but difficult in different seasons because we don't see it, that we apply the other books as well. I heard it said this week from the Bible Project, if you were going to represent each as 
a person, it's almost like Proverbs would be young and even a lady, because wisdom is referred to as a lady, and do it this way and you'll do that. Whereas Ecclesiastes is maybe an older man saying, well, listen, I tried that. And actually, same conclusion, but different route of getting there. And then you got a real old timer in Job who's got a lot more experience, been through a lot more of life, right? So, but the joy is we get to look at them all and work for some practical application in our lives. But I think we have to start if we're going to talk about wisdom literature, with what is wisdom, how do I receive it, and how can I apply it? Excellent statements. This week, Amy was in the kitchen, and she turned on a podcast that her sister had sent her. They have a fam jam kind of thing, and they send each other these little podcasts. And this one was on AI. It's a little bit of a buzzword now, isn't it? Which I wouldn't even know what it meant years ago, but this idea of artificial intelligence, the danger, our world is changing so fast. So I was on the couch trying to make like I wasn't listening, but I think my ears caught a few of those words in that podcast. And I'm not here to get into that at all, but just use it as a springboard But the whole idea is this super intelligence, right, that computers are getting. And soon, and they don't talk about the danger. There's immediate and long-term danger. It's nators coming, you know, next week or data from Star Trek or anything like that. But there, there is this danger. But they're talking about this super intelligent, how you put it into this machine, you put stuff in, and it can spit it out, right? Like incredible knowledge. But as I thought about what true wisdom is, there's a little bit of a problem. Because no matter how smart or intelligent that machine is, it will never have godly wisdom. Because there's something so different. And we could know in the midst of an amazing, intelligent world that it is seriously lacking wisdom and evil is all around us. And we have to be clear to understand that intelligence is not wisdom. Because we are teaching people at a phenomenal rate, but yet evil is increasing at an even greater rate. So for us to know what wisdom is, is really, really important. So hence we turn to Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, which has a lot to say about wisdom. We know it has different authors. Normally we say the author is Solomon, but that wouldn't be completely accurate. Of course, he wrote many of them, but there were other people writing some of these uh, Proverbs as well. But he does begin, and he does write a lot of them, by saying the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. In verse 2 it says in chapter 1, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. A wise man of understanding will attain wise counsel. 
to understand a proverb, an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Note chapter 2, verse 1, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. In Proverbs, a lot of these familiar Words and verses are given, but the book is kind of broken up chapter one through nine, where it's a lot of statements like that. Get wisdom, understand knowledge, seek. And then from chapter 10 to 31, it's a lot of one liners or verses, little proverbs put together. And so you'll have statements like, um, well, example one in chapter three, a little like trust in the Lord with all your heart. Right. And lean not on your understanding. So in there we have this proverb. Right. We there's there's many more. And a lot of times they come or, you know, that the mouth can cut like a knife or can bring healing. And in that you're like, oh, yeah, like it's like this little statement. And you think about it and the truth of it. So the book is kind of split up. okay? And even one through eight, it's like a father who wants his son, will include daughter, to know, right? So listen to me as I tell you. So you have these instructions and and to seek wisdom. The word wisdom in that and seeking that and knowing that and what it is, is in the Hebrew, chokmah. Now, don't trust me on my pronunciation. It is said in different ways. It can be spelled C-H-O-K-M-A-H or H-O-K-M-A-H. Same idea. Chokmah. And the idea is this. It's a moral right way. It's doing things right in life to have a better life. This idea, also, this word in doing things right can be used for those who have special gifts in doing things in the Old Testament. So some of those who worked with metals or materials like Bazel, it would say like he had chokmah in how he made things, a special ability to do something. So language is really difficult. I'm not really an expert, but between languages, a word can carry more of a meaning or more of a narrow meaning. And here in the Hebrew, this word contains even more than that, even more than this underlining what is right, doing what's right, this special ability to to work with things. It also contains this idea of putting into practice what you know. So it's not just knowing what's right, but it's doing what's right. And that's crucial because we know the New Testament would tell us, like that is James would say, man, that's true wisdom is putting into practice what we know as this moral right or doing things. But then this week, it was interesting 
I was leading, uh, listening to something else, and even more came from this word, which really ministered to my heart. It's this idea that in wisdom or wisdom, there's a piece of God, attributes of God within it. And that just made so much sense to me. That we see a piece of God's character. So if you have a situation on this earth and you need wisdom, you look to God and, okay, here's the moral, right? Or here's what I should do and I do it. But I see who he is, how he sees things according to who he is. Now that is a, like, so good <laughs> to understand I can't see from my eyes earthly knowledge or wisdom, but I have to see from his eyes, his character, his truth, then apply it to the situation I'm in to do what is right. God's character. We could expand that out to his glory. And seeing how God in who he is would deal with situations that I face. Now, this is a real challenge because we like to think a certain way because we're made of dust and we are flesh, right? So to think in wisdom, to understand wisdom, we need to know God. Amen? Well, that was a bigger deal to me maybe than you. <laughs> because in that, I find a beautiful definition of what wisdom is. But we need to go further maybe. And we think of this attributes in character. And it's great to describe it here. But I want it. I want wisdom. Don't you? I can remember, honestly, I grew up in a Christian home, and I remember the high school I went to. Um, sometimes I forget, but Jay Klein reminds me, because he went to the same high school, but we didn't even know each other, and we're the same age. So either I was in the bad crowd, or he was in the bad crowd. <laughs> Actually, I think he said he hardly went to school, so there you go. <laughs> All right, so no, I don't I should have said I didn't, but anyways, I remember the library. And if you've ever been to Mariful High School, watch I find out like someone else says, well, I went there too. Anyways, there's a library. You go the gym, you go through like, and then there's the cafeteria. You walk through the hallway. There's a library. And I used to go pretend study in there. Um, and there's one little desk, you know, the little desk beside each other along the walls and the books in the middle and the windows on the side. And I have this specific memory just saying, God, I desire wisdom. I don't know why that came back. God, I want to think like you think. I want to be wise. And I think this morning we could all say that. But I wanted to take a few things from the book of Proverbs that maybe would help us. How do we get wisdom and apply it this morning? Now that we know what it is. How would we get it? And some of these things you probably would know, so it would make a good reminder. But what, what a great 
time this morning, we can say, even if I know all of these things, I want to lead in the power of the Holy Spirit applying them. Amen? So number one, as we found out in chapter 2, verse 4, it says, seek wisdom or seek her as you would a hidden treasure. Oftentimes in New Jersey, when we go to the beach, you see those people looking for treasure. They've ever been with their metal detectors. and um, I thought that was kind of silly till one of my children lost a, a ring and the guy came over with this thing and he found it under the sand because the waves had... But this idea of seeking, taking time to seek what God thinks and what is true to him. And it's not something that just comes. May I say it that way? There are times where there has to be effort. But I will say that a majority or actually in some way all, even if the Holy Spirit shows us something, it will go to God's word is exactly that, will be found in what God has said. You want wisdom. It says seek it. You have it at your fingertips. So as I ask for wisdom, it wouldn't be very wise not to seek and search God's word. That's important because we know that we are to treasure God's command. It says in Proverbs 2 as well, within you. You know what? We need to seek and read, study and meditate on God's word because it reveals who he is and in who he is is perfect wisdom. You see, reading our Bible isn't a checklist we do every morning. Myself, I'm reading through the Bible with the Alpha program, and it has the day number. I feel so good, day 186 today. That's right. And I did it this morning. And you have you do it, and you press the last button, and it's like the line goes, congratulations, 186, boom, check mark. And I feel good, right? I'm up to pace. But if I'm doing it just for that, I'm the life and the truth in it. Because it will reveal who God is, and from that will come wisdom for my everyday life. Amen? You need to seek. The fruit will be amazing. And how many stories in my life would I would say where I didn't know what to do in everyday life? I was in the midst of a challenge, and as I read God's truth, Something came forth which allowed me to go the right direction. Again, it's not just knowing. Matthew would tell us in chapter 7 that the wise man hears, because he seeks, and does God's word. He is the house that won't crumble in the storm. It's not just knowing, it's heart doing then my house, my life, does not crumble. Because we're all going to have to face storms. So number one, seek wisdom in what is revealed in the truth of God's word. Amen? Number two, fear the Lord. We know that's the beginning of wisdom. But I will add that to that where it says, and shun evil. 
Fear the Lord and shun evil. Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So true that is. Proverbs 3, 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. Job 28, 28, another part of this wisdom literature. Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. But then it goes on, and depart from evil, that is understanding. We have trouble with that word fear. It might conjure up being afraid, scared, Scooby-Doo, burn it out of there, right? Let's get out of here, Shag, right? Like, I'm dating myself with my cartoons. But that was a lunchtime special for me, right? Um, But that's not the fear. It's this awe, this reverence. It's this respect of God that I... Going to honor what he says because who he is. And throw that in in understanding what is evil and temptation in front of me. And we talked a bit about this different from Galatians last week. I'm not going to go with my own opinion or thought. But I'm going to understand and respect him so much that what he says, I am going to do because of the majesty of who he is. This is big. There's been times in my life, to be honest, when I have faced temptation, and it is real. It is a battle. And I am not saying it is easy. And we each face temptation in many ways. It can be internal sins. It can be external sins. It can be judgment, pride. It can be anxiousness. It can be external things, lying, stealing, you name it. But I can remember saying, God, I don't want to hurt you because you are so wonderful and great. Help me to run from this sin. And to fear that it was like, I can't do this because of who you are. And as you see him and fear him and respect And just honor his character when that comes. May it drive us as we see him to run from evil. That is true wisdom. Do you see that? Well, first, number one, we seek in God's word. Number two, we fear the Lord, understanding that word fear. And we shun and run from evil. Amen? Okay, number three. This might be a little more simple and something we've heard young, but it applies to when we're old as well. Simply hang out with those who are wise. Proverbs 13.20, He who walks with wise men will be wise. We're not talking about wise cracking men. (laughs) We're talking about those who demonstrate the attributes and qualities of God in their life, that's who you want to hang out with. Does that mean that we never hang out with the world? Well, no, because we want to evangelize, right? We, we 
want to rub off on people. But when it comes to internally making decisions, facing life, who we get our counsel from, it is so important to understand that if we will walk, journey, fellowship with those who truly are wise and demonstrate the attributes of God, that's what we will be as well. This is so good. You know, again, we say to our teenagers, be careful who you hang out with. You're going to go to the lowest common denominator. Right? And by the way, we get to this in a minute, but when you're young, you're like, yeah, right, Dad. (laughs) Yeah, right, Mom, I can handle it. I bring them up. I'm telling you, 10 out of 10 times, God's word is never wrong. If you're going to hang around with those who continually do evil and sin, it will not be long until you join them. And that is the truth. And that's why Psalm 1 is very careful. right? Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the... Because it's a descent. And we talked about that last week as well. You want to be wise? Hang around those who are demonstrating wisdom and God's character. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate God. Find those who are imitating the truth and let them be your counsel. Because it is wise to have a multitude of counselors, but not crappy counselors, (laughs) right? Of wise Godly, fearing counsel. Amen? Amen. Number four, be teachable. Okay, I like to review. You have your notes. I'm going to ask my kids later. (laughs) Seek wisdom by getting into God's word. Fear the Lord, Proverbs 9 and 10, 3, 7. Fear the Lord, shun evil. Hang around those who are wise. Number four, be teachable. Proverbs 19.20, listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. Is it? Can it be any more clear than that? Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. You know what? That screams, there's something that happens in experience. <laughs> And when I was young, I was like, I can be wise. I don't need experience or other people. Well, in some ways, I can go to God's word, yes, 100%. But there is something when we can learn. But it's our ability to listen, to be, cor- to be able to be corrected. Again, in another version, listen to advice and accept correction. And in the end, you will be wise. I think probably my parents, I think my dad, they're like, just listen to me. You know, you think of Moses. I was talking about Bob this week, and we've often talked about this, that in the first 40 years of his life, he thought he knew everything. The next 40 years of his life, he was learning he didn't know anything. Right? Isn't that the way it is? And as much as we say, oh, that's not the case. (laughs) Oh, I'm telling you. 
When I was young, I regret some of the things. I'm not saying the zeal was wrong, but there was a little bit of breaking that had to happen. And I guess I want to ask you, are you correctable? Are you teachable? Or do you have all the answers? That's not wisdom. And I think too many of us are parading ourselves as having a knowledge that we don't have. And in humility, if we can choose to be corrected, we will grow and we will become wise. Come on, give me an amen. That's good, right? Good for me, good for you. Beware you think you're something when you are nothing. God is everything, right? Okay, repetition makes for more memory. Number one, seek wisdom in God's word. Number two, fear the Lord, shun evil. Number three, hang around with the wise. Number four, be teachable, be willing to be corrected. Finally, and probably most importantly, I saved it to the end. Simply ask. Come on, someone should have said that should have been number one, right? Like, we've been in church our whole life. We've been waiting for that one, Pastor Dan. Well, we know James says clearly in chapter one that we are to simply ask and God will give. Amen. Actually, it says a couple more things if you're wondering. It says he will give liberally and without reproach. And it says how we're supposed to ask, actually. It says we're supposed to ask with what? Be thankful. Faith. With faith, right? Not doubting. Then he goes into maybe what a man forgets what he looks like. But that belief and trust that if I ask, that I believe that God is good. Does this remind you of anything in the New Testament? That God is good. He's a good father. And I can ask. And he's not going to put me through the ringer and give me like... A rock if I need bread. If we ask according to God's will, the New Testament says he will answer. Why would God tell us we should ask? The first thing that just smacked me in the head is, if I could figure everything out myself, I wouldn't have to ask. Now, this is a big point. I can seek and search. Praise God, I need to do that. I need to hang out with the wise. Amen. I need to be teachable. But there's sometimes you just come to a place where you're just like, I don't know what to do. Am I the only one? I don't know what to do. I have a decision to make. I don't know what to do. I've like searched the scripture. I... Don't, you know what? It tells us to ask because there are times when we cannot get there ourselves. In all your intelligence, in all your scriptural knowledge, sometimes we just need to say, God, please, I need 
your wisdom. I need your wisdom. God's going to give it to you. And again, I want to remind you, he's a good and, and shall I say, generous God. I think sometimes we relate our own parents. Maybe they leak a little bit out at a time when you need something. Well, I need this. Well, if you do that, you can get this. Or maybe your dad wasn't generous. Maybe your parents weren't at all. Maybe your boss isn't generous. So this whole idea of thinking that God, yeah, just come to the point and understand, he doesn't want to give you a little. He wants to shower you with the knowledge of him and what you should do. Is that your picture of God this morning? Come on. I know I struggle with that. You mean God would really want to bless me? There's something in my background that's like, oh, are you sure? I'm a dirty, rotten human being. Why would he want to do that? I'm a misfit. I'm a failure. Why would God want to give me more of himself when I'm blowing it down here? Well, that's why that second part is so good. Liberally without reproach. You go to him in honesty with a pure heart and you say, God, I need wisdom. He's not saying, well, look how you blew it yesterday. He's not saying, didn't you ask yesterday? What did you do with what I said? Take the example of the kid in school. I heard that this week where the kid who asked the same question every week. Ah, how do you do this question? I forgot. How do you do this question? How do you do this, teacher? I don't know. The teacher's not going to be like, I told you yesterday. (laughs) The teacher being God, Allison. (laughs) That's why our human failure, the (laughs) reproach, we in our human nature can be like, come on, kid. Didn't you get it? Right? But see... I'm trying to show you that's our picture of God. I can't ask again. Do you see who I am? And that's why James makes it clear. That's not the God we serve. He wants to liberally give as we ask when we're stumped. When we're stumped and don't know what to do. And it might be the same problem and the same decision. And it's been months and months and months and you feel like you're getting nowhere. Keep Asking, knocking, seeking. Have you heard that before? And God is good. And God will answer. And he's not grading you. It's your genuine heart of belief that he's looking for. And then the floodgates open up. God knows so much more than us. He is all-powerful. He is incredible. He is the creator. He is outside of time. He knows it all. And he says, come. To me.
It's such a relational thing. It's not a computer AI spit out the answer. It's as I'm with him in his presence. He wants to give himself his attribute, his wisdom to you and to I. Amen. So Lord Jesus, thank you this morning. Thank you for your word. I think we could all say this morning there are things that we need wisdom in. And if we don't say that, we're lying. (laughs) That's not very wise. So Lord Jesus, we come before you. We don't want earthly wisdom, as James 3 says, that's sensual and demonic and self-centered. We want heavenly wisdom, which is peaceable and pure and willing to yield. There's no partiality. Those are all attributes of you, God. And we want that in our lives. more than serving our flesh. We want you, Jesus. So we seek you this morning. We seek wisdom. We seek chokmah. What is right and true for present day life. Ability and truth. We seek Jesus today. So we ask in faith this morning. Application is key. So in silence, what are you thinking about? In your mind, ask God and we'll have a little silence for his response. Lord, speak to us again and again through the power of your word, through your Holy Spirit. Just have that phrase, come to me, all who are weary. This is in my mind, come to me. That's the invitation God's always inviting to give more of himself to you and to I. Come, come, seek, search, desire. We're going to celebrate Jesus this morning, which is the greatest wisdom we can have. Maybe as you're celebrating and thinking, see who he is this morning. If you don't know Jesus, he loves you so much. 
He came to this world. He died to forgive you of all the junk, all the sin, all the imperfections. He wants you to repent of thinking you can do it yourself and dealing with life. But somehow in your own action, you can solve things. It's only through him, his forgiveness. So he says, repent and turn to me. And I will forgive. I have forgiven. Receive. Know that you are new. And I want to walk with you this morning. Thank you for joining us for this message this morning. If you'd like more information about Northgate, you can find us on the internet at northgateministry.com. We'd love to hear from you and have a great week.